Honey, I Blew Up the Kid flips the premise of the original film and sees the Zelensky's new toddler enlarged all the way up to the size of Godzilla. It's been at least 20 years since either of us have seen this one, so let's see how it holds up. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter, and joining me on this episode, she's much, much, much bigger than usual, is Tara. Is that a fat joke? No, it's not a fat joke. <laughs> but I knew you'd think it was, which is why I said it. <laughs> I had two cinnamon rolls today, all right? I shouldn't have, shouldn't have disclosed that to you. This, this, was the, this was the one opportunity for an innocent Tara's big joke, and I took it. Right, the, the softball came at me, uh, revved up the bat, and I took a swing. Right, I know I look good. <laughs> so yes, we are here today to talk about Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. We're doing a, a little season of movies that are, you know, sequels, number twos, if you will. Uh, we did Honey, I Shrunk the Kids last year, so this was one of the ones on the table. Uh, this is the sequel where instead of shrinking two of his kids and the neighbor's kids, and getting the adventure in the, the backyard with the ants and the giant spiders. Oreos. And the Oreos. We instead get a, they've got a new kid. The There's old no spiders. Scorpion. So, oh, quite right. It was a scorpion, yes. Now, isn't there a spider in the, the attic at one point? Before they go into the garden? I feel there might have been. I don't know. All I remember is the scorpion, because it was really scary. And okay. it, it kills a major character. Yeah. Well, so it's a podcast, so I'm glad you eventually said something to that. <laughs> Just edit it out. The way- edit out the silence. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. It reflects purely on you in this case, so I'll leave in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the the glare I'm getting for the audio listeners. We need to hire an editor, <laughs> an unbiased editor. But yes, welcome everyone. Uh, so uh, yes, he he they've got a new toddler, and he gets instead of shrunk, he gets enlarged, uh, to the point where later in the movie he's straight up kaiju sized, and that's the premise of the Honey I Shrunk the Kid sequel, Honey I Blew Up the Kid. Uh, and the word up is very important in that title. If you miss the word up, it sounds really really bad. That is awful. Why would you even say that? <laughs> even the I actually think the title is bad because Honey, I Blew Up the Kid implies that's an, an explosion. It, it does, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, what would you call it instead, though? Mm, I don't know. Honey, honey Attack I, of the 50-foot baby? Honey, I, no, you have to keep the, the format, so it'd have to be Honey, I Enlarge the Kid. That sounds kind well, of dodgy no, in its own way. No, you say attack of the 50-foot baby. Honey. A honey, I shrunk the kid's <laughs> no, no. story. No, this is terrible. I hate what you've done here. I hate what you've done here. <laughs> there's a colon in there somewhere. There's already there's already a comma in the goddamn title. We don't need any more. That's <laughs> no more punctuation. Than, that's enough punctuation for one title. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah. So, this came out a couple of years... Um, after the first film, this was 1992, so this was three years after the original film. Um, and the cast do, pretty much. I mean, not the neighbours, actually. The neighbours are gone, but the, the, the main family do all return. 
Uh, although the mm-hmm. oldest daughter is off to college at the start of the movie, so she's basically just a cameo. Uh, and goodbye, Amy. Which, you know, she was one of the anchors of the kids of the last movie, so it's kind of a shame in a way. But It does seem strange that she's gone, but I don't mind that we get to focus on um, on the son. Nick. And then Adam. Yes, Nick, thank you. Yes, Nick's a kid from the last one who's now a teenager, and their their new kid, who the, the titular kid who has blown up, uh, is, is Adam. <laughs> uh, which, you know, I think that's all fine. But it does kind of feel like you could have just set the movie, like, two weeks earlier so the sister was still around. So you could, you could just say, she's off to college at the end of summer. She's off to college in a couple of weeks. That, you could have just said that, but... You know, whatever. That, that's the thing. So maybe she didn't want to be in it. Maybe there was some sort of scheduling maybe, thing. Maybe she really was in college. Maybe there was a dispute. Maybe, she, yeah, maybe she. Uh, well, that's the question. Did she want a bigger role, but they just didn't want to give her it, or could, did she not want to be in it at all? And they, like, they basically legal got the legal teams involved and said, no, mm, you have to be maybe. in it, but we've got it down to just a couple of scenes. You know, one of those things. <laughs> She probably had an agent who was like, well, they have to have you. They can't recast you, so ask for more. Mm. But instead, and they're like, you're a woman. We don't give you more. But instead, we have teenage Kerry Russell, who acts as the love interest for Nick. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, is kind of surreal, because I'm so used to Kerry Russell being at least in her 30s, so it's really weird watching this and seeing, like, 15-year-old Kerry Russell. I guess I, this is definitely my first introduction to her, because I watched this in the theater. And I I did watch a lot of Felicity growing up when it was I, on TV. I, I never did. I don't even know what I saw Carrie Russell in first. But, I mean, the first thing I think of really is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which obviously is much, much more recent. Yes. Yeah. So. And she's in, like, uh, the, the Americans, which is a huge success. And Yeah, people love that show. Yeah. I want to say she did another show right after Felicity that was pretty big also and she's in a show now i think right the dictator or something i, I don't know you, you, you're asking me questions i don't have the answer for you're the tv guy i don't watch it every tv she's in the diplomat is that what you're thinking the diplomat of? yes i think di- diplomat and dictator are very far apart as far as meanings of the word go <laughs> well sure i mean a, a dictator literally refuses to be diplomatic <laughs> I definitely have not watched the show, so I was just going based on hearsay. Okay. Because <laughs> people were talking about the Emmys, you know, the nominations come out like this week or something. Um, I cannot, days. however, find any other big TV show she was in between Felicity and the Americans, so I think you're making that up. All I, all I remember is when she cut her hair, the outrage <laughs> that occurred. <laughs> I can tell you that she was in the odd random movie that you've probably seen. Like, We Were Soldiers, Mission Impossible 3. She was in, like, two episodes of Scrubs. For mm. people who like Scrubs. Uh, but there you go. That's, that's what I got. Oh, was she in that bad movie, Dark Skies? Is that, is that the movie I'm thinking of? I think it is. Yeah, that was, that was bad. Anywho, uh, so she's in there. The other main new cast member that's worth mentioning is we've got kind of an antagonist who's, like, an evil scientist who's wayne's boss because wayne if because he's proven his ray from the first movie works he's actually got a job at this big lab now and they've built like a high-tech version of the beam but his boss doesn't like him when he's like corporate you know 
he's Bobby Evil, basically. Uh, but he's Bob actually evil. he's played by John Shea, who is Lex Luthor in Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman. So I was uh, delighted to see him. That's very cool. I've I've watched some of that show, but like not very much of it. So I don't. I, I didn't know who this guy was, but I thought he was a really good Bob Evil. Yeah, no, he's 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 perfect. He, he plays the exact same character in Superman, basically. <laughs> um, very smug. Yeah, and then a couple of minor uh, things to point out. Ron Canada's got a small role. Yeah, yeah, Ron Canada. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I know that guy from something. And then Lloyd Bridges has got a uh, got a role as well. He pops up as a as a character about halfway through. So we've got we've got an interesting enough cast. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, can I just point out? So the the kid Adam that gets blown up, um, he obviously is played by twins, right? And this is quite common for roles like this, where they can swap between the kids because there's like laws about how how many hours you can make a child this young work and so on. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to point out that on IMDb, one of them has a photo of this movie, and the other one does not have any photo. And I, all I can think is like. Whoever submitted the photo for one of them, why didn't you submit the same photo for the other one? That feels a bit shitty. No one would know. No one knows which one is which. <laughs> exactly. I couldn't tell. <laughs> no. Seemed like the same kid the whole time. Maybe, maybe the joke is, is that one of them is actually seven foot tall. and th- th- <laughs> So there was no special effects. One of them came out full size. Yeah. So so one's just the real toddler and the other one's just really seven foot tall. That's why I've never had kids. I'm just too afraid of that happening. Seven foot baby. I don't want an extra birth. What a rap! What a deep cut rap! What? What? <laughs> well, that scene was traumatic. What are you talking about? <laughs> a deep cut reference to a very, very, very deep vaginal scene. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a horrible sentence. It really was. Yeah, Extra was a movie we did a bonus episode on, uh, so if you want to see that or listen to it, you can get that over at patreoncom slash TV. It's a movie. It's that it's a surprisingly good little movie. It's a good little sci-fi horror movie, but it's it it does have a very very memorable, like non-natural birth scene. Let's just say that. Um, and you know, there's always this worry that YouTube might think because we're doing a kids movie that this is intended for kids. I hope the the phrase of uh, vaginal will just make it clear to YouTube's algorithm. No, this is not intended for children to listen to. Just okay, but don't be surprised if you get some emails from YouTube in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's a purely scientific word. <laughs> I'm sure there was much nastier ways of saying that. Uh, I think I did okay. So, uh, so that, that's the character set up. Uh, the family's moved to Vegas, uh, so they're in a new neighborhood. Uh, well, they they've moved outside of Vegas. They're in like uh, Nevada. Oh sure, yeah, like, okay, but it's like San Miguel, Nevada. Or something. I but, can't remember that. But they, they basically go in and out of Vegas, like throughout the film pretty constantly so they're obviously like close by yeah they're in some suburbs out outside of vegas yeah because it's not just the ending on the strip there's also scenes where you see like wayne buying stuff at a store and he comes out and you can see casinos in the background and shit mm-hmm. so um you know I, I i think uh we have the new setting uh wayne's got a bunch of inventions in his house again uh, although they seem to work more this time compared to the first movie which maybe is like an intentional little he's, he's- got some so so money behind him now. He's gotten better at his inventions. There's, there's, there's some, yeah. you know, a high tech mailbox that's uh, creeping out the mailman and stuff like that. <laughs> and the neighbors. And the neighbors. So nosy. Well, there's a running gag of these two uh, female neighbors who are like always like walking past and looking at it and going, "I hear he's an inventor." 
and just like reacting to any sort of weird noise that comes out of the uh the house. Yeah, one of them's played by uh Julius Sweeney from Saturday Night Live. Oh. The other one I don't know, but she she kind of looks like the uh, the the kind of redneck wife from Men in Black, but she's got like a similar face, but I don't think it's her. Uh, Linda Carlson's the actress's name of the okay. other one. I'll click on her just in the off chance that you're right and it's Men in Black. I'm just going to click on her and see if she's credited for Men in Black. I think she would have a picture that would be more recognizable. Nah. They have a similar face though. Nah, I'm afraid not. She, she, it feels like she's got a lot of like small roles and like random episodes mm-hmm. of TV shows. Uh, judging from a quick glance, at least of her '90s stuff, she, she, she seemed to stop in about 2002. So, okay, oh well. everything's okay. <laughs> so, sure, sure <laughs> uh, well, she died in 2021, so it's not. She didn't die in 2002. She had another 20 oh, years. No. I hope she didn't get pandemic erased. Oh, it's 2021. It could have been. That's yeah. right in the middle of that season. But there was also a lot of regular deaths, as many as normal in those two years, or three years. So yeah. That makes sense, too. So, yeah, that's the that's the basic setup. Uh, obviously, there's an accident that leads to the, the youngest kid, Adam, uh, getting hit by the ray. Uh, unlike the first movie, the growth is more gradual, and I suspect that's because it would be very hard to build a whole movie about him just being kaiju-sized immediately, so they do this thing where it's more... Gets yeah, activated. They, they get a lot of, like, hijinks out of him just being, like, adult-sized, and then a bit bigger than that, and then, you know, so on and so on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we'll start spoiler-free, of course. I, didn't, I don't think I said that. But I'm sure anyone's really that concerned about spoilers for Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, but we'll start spoiler-free, as is tradition, um, and we'll get into it. I hadn't seen this in a long time. <laughs> What are you giggling at? As is tradition. <laughs> As tradition. <laughs> yes, it is law. By the way, I've started doing a new thing, right? Where I'm keeping track of all of our ratings, which you know I'm doing that. I've, I've mentioned that to you. Uh, but the average of our two scores is the official score the movie gets now. So, uh, like, I put, like, out, like, when we did District 9, I put out an image saying this movie got a 9.5 from us because that was the average of our. Ooh, that means I can rate a lot of things that I like a 10. No, don't game the system. It should actually be a, <laughs> a genuine score between the two of us. <laughs> I don't want you like trying to up the average by going too high than, than what you actually think. <laughs> the whole point is, is that it's an actual average of the two of us. You shouldn't have brought it to my attention. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to start deducting a point or two like then from every score you give by default. Mm, we'll see. I'll just have to course correct if I think you're at it. If, if you're, I don't, I don't think you'd, cap- you'd be capable of giving a score that wasn't your true feelings. If you, if you're playing, <laughs> if you're playing games, no, no, I don't mean a my score. I mean I'll just deduct it before I take the average so that the math works out to be a reasonable score. Well, then you're just guessing. Well, don't make me guess. Give me a genuine score. <laughs> have the integrity, woman. Okay integrity don't you know who i am i know exactly who you are (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. all right let's move along all right well i guess we start off with the the question to start the, the 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 conversation proper tara what did you think of honey i blew up the kid 
Well, I remember really enjoying it, but I saw it as a kid. Yeah, you'd um, have been like five or six when this came out, probably. Um, when did it come out? Ninety-two. Yeah, so I'd be like seven. Okay, okay. Um, and I definitely remember going to see it, and we had it on VHS, and it was one I watched a lot. It was an easy watch. Um, I'm happy to say say that I still enjoy it. I still think it's a pretty good sequel. I think it's a it takes the premise of the characters that we like and it adds some and it does a new thing with it that's really enjoyable to watch. I think it's like genuinely funny at parts and much like the first one. It doesn't have as much heart, but I do like the um the mother son dynamic <laughs> throughout the whole thing. Um it's not I wouldn't it's not as as good as the first one, but like it's still pretty fun. Yeah, I I wasn't sure what to expect because I hadn't seen this since probably yeah, since I was a kid. Maybe, maybe I maybe early double digits that I pushed, but certainly not since then. And you know, I was having memories sort of flooding back as I was watching it. And it's definitely a weaker film than the first. It's definitely not as smart or as witty with it. Like because the first film when we watched that last year, I think we were both actually really pleasantly surprised at just how well it held up in terms of just being really funny and. Like, not only just it was the comedy still really on point with a lot of the, the character interactions and how they sort of discover and bounce off each other and things like that, but also just how good the actual adventure was of the kids going through the jungle of the of the garden and how that all played out. Like, it's actually a really good movie with all these great sets and practical effects, and it's kind of witty and well-written. I think this movie, by comparison, is more of just like a kid's movie, and a lot of the comedy, I think I do think, feels a bit more broad and a bit dumber compared just compared to the first one which is not to say that i didn't enjoy watching it i did but i do think it was like i think nostalgia is doing a, a fair bit of the lifting for me with this one compared to the first one whereas the first one i think actually genuinely holds up this one i enjoy seeing a lot of the faces i enjoy i, I do appreciate that it is different like inherently even though it's just doing a really simple switch which is just the opposite okay we made the kids small in the last one so we'll just make them really big in this one it does mean though it forces them to not just copy the the layout of the movie though because everything the first movie was with this adventure and the dangers of the kids like try to survive against the giant bugs relatively speaking all of that is like they can't just copy and do that again because they're doing a completely different premise with this kid getting bigger um it has to be this different thing it has to be different stakes it has to be different scenarios it has to be different uh you know set piece moments they can't just do this movie's version of that movie's things and the structure of the movie is quite different as well because of that so i appreciate that the idea just lends itself to like forcing them to do things differently uh which i appreciate but i i do think it's weaker though like i, I think i enjoyed it well enough but my score is definitely going to reflect that it is more of just a kid's movie Versus the first one, which I actually think holds up for adult, you know, eyes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So, I, you know, I, 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 it's a sort of thing where I can't really praise it that much because it is kind of dumb in places um, and does feel sillier. But I'm not going to be too harsh on it either. It seems like most of the reviews that I saw on IMDb are pretty low i didn't really look through the reviews but i saw the score was like a four point something i'm like well that seems kind of harsh but <laughs> it, does, it does seem a bit harsh yeah but I, I do wonder like i said i feel like nostalgia is doing some lifting here for me and i wonder if people who were a bit older at the time when it came out 
you know, teenagers and up maybe, like who did enjoy the first one when it came out because it was genuinely quite funny and witty. And then the mm-hmm. second one comes out and it is more of just a kid's movie. I, I can imagine a lot of people at the time who were an older part of the audience probably did not like this very much when it came out because it was just a, a lot more... Well, it's not, a, it's not an adventure movie, like you said. It's more of like a, how do we keep this secret hidden mm-hmm. and contained? And because he's a two-year-old and, you know, the terrible twos and whatnot. So he's able to run around and open things and he's always putting stuff in his mouth. So. Jo- jo- <laughs> he's so- a giant. What does that mean? Joe is so weird about the premise is actually I think it's almost held back in terms of like all the ideas of like what could happen and like in this situation where a two-year-old who doesn't listen to anything you're saying and just does whatever he wants mm-hmm. a two-year-old who is like you know seven foot tall is stronger than everyone else the idea of what you could do with that it, there's like so many things that you could like play with with that premise and all the different scenarios that they could get into or the people around them could get into with him the problem is, is that it's a kid's movie and they have to keep it light and fun because the truth is, is that a lot of the situations that could come out of this are actually quite dark <laughs> and they're actually quite scary. Um, he, he he could easily squeeze someone to death at numerous points mm-hmm. in this oh, movie. Yeah. And it never happens because it's a fun kid's movie. But it almost is like, I almost want to see the R-rated version of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see people get squished and popped? <laughs> kind of yeah like and you know as far as as far as the dumb jokes go like a good example right so this is spoiling a line of dialogue from later on in the film but they when, when he's kaiju sized it literally cuts to a japanese person yelling it's godzilla i actually felt that was very out of place for the film it, it, i didn't think yeah, that, didn't the like jokes it. were at that caliber throughout the entire film and then that one comes in like oh that's really silly um even though, because even at the when you're the audience, you're watching it, you're like, oh, they're doing like a funny version of Godzilla. But then to point it out directly like that, <laughs> yeah, just uh, was pretty uh, low hanging fruit. Yeah, and I didn't not like in that. Yeah, I I don't think that joke. I like it's easy to to call that one out because I think it's the only one that's really like it in the whole film. Was that noise? Uh, something clicked. On its own, yes. <laughs> there was no human intervention that caused the clicking. My hands right here. I don't believe been you. Been there I, the whole time. I think you were the genesis, the genesis or of the clicking, <laughs> <laughs> or generator of the clicking. I suppose was the word that you would use. But you know, I'm going for silly here, as I accuse Tara of being unprofessional. I didn't know it was going to be that loud. Well, well, we've learned a valuable lesson today, haven't we? Don't <laughs> tempt me. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, like it's the only joke that's like that, but I will say there's definitely some of the hijinks, I think earlier on when they're trying to hide the fact that he's big and they're dressing him up and like some of the, the weird excuses they're giving, I don't necessarily think a lot of that's particularly funny that does feel a bit more like disney channel-esque like silly stuff rather than you know genuinely like smart or like you know it, it's all kind of just oh no ignore the, the the weird noises this tall man's making is these no he's, he's just from another country he's just you know he's foreign he, he says weird things like 
I found that to be a little like, oh, this this is definitely a bit more dumbed down than the like because the, the in the first movie, a lot of the jokes and admittedly it was helped a lot by the acting and the, the interaction between the Selinskis and the neighbors was a big part of what made that first movie really click because every time like the neighbors reacted to something that was going on, it was genuinely really funny, and I guess maybe that's part part of the reason why it's weaker as well is that the replacement for that is just a couple of bit characters who walk past and make the odd face. And they're not real characters, and it's yeah. A shame. And don't get me wrong; like I'm not saying I want them to copy those characters, especially since like I appreciate that no, we're going for more of an actual villain in this one. We're going for someone who's more of an antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all fine and well, but nothing. We have the babysitter. Yeah, but nothing ever lives up to like the chemistry they had in the first movie. I don't think you know it never it never achieves like anywhere close to that. Um, I I, I know I didn't check to see like, how different the writing team was, but I, I don't think Stuart Gordon was back for uh for this one. Just to... All I saw was based on characters by Stuart Gordon and Brian Usna and some other person. Uh, Ed Naha. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it says characters by Stuart Gordon, Brian Usna and Ed Naha. Uh, story by Gary Goodrow, and then screenplay by Tom Eberhard, Peter Eibling, and Gary Goodrow. So... It took three people to write the screenplay. <laughs> That's probably less than people now. Oh, I mean, no, like this idea of like some movies being overwritten by too many people doing different drafts has always been a problem. But you, you do notice that a lot of good movies will have like one or maybe like co-writers and it's like, no, it's their script. They're the ones who redrafted mm-hmm. it and that was it. And then you see like these studio movies where it's like, oh no, they kept going through, like they kept getting studio notes. It's like, okay, we'll hire a new writer. They'll come in and do another draft. Well, to defend the movie a little bit here, because there's a lot of slander happening right now. But come, come on, it's, I do. It's not really. It's not good. Come on, it's 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 okay, silly fun for this what it is. This movie is a ten. Okay. Oh come I'm on! Telling you right Piss now. Off. <laughs> Piss off. Wayne Selinski's Ray has hit your score and it's enlarged <laughs> it unnaturally. I think uh, I, I do think that the movie is fun because every time you see a baby it's a baby like it's a it's a two-year-old that's being filmed and and you could tell they kind of just worked with whatever the kid was able to give also instead of trying to force the kid to say lines that didn't sound natural like for the most part the kid sounds like like a two-year-old would talk and ask for things and um and I, i like the way the I like I like the way that the kid acts, which obviously is working with trainers and or like people off screen who are trying to get the kid the kid to do stuff. But I like the way it's it's done in the film. Uh, okay, well, genuine criticism here again, and it's easy to bring this up because I, I, I've got the first movie to say, "Hey, look look at what this did and what this movie doesn't do." Is the first movie actually had arcs? It had characters who bonded and like like you know the, the whole thing with the neighbors thinking they're weirdos, but then by the end there's this respect between them. Like, there's arcs. The kids even have arcs, right? And I thought that this, what this movie was missing is that early on it introduces this idea that Nick kind of hates his little brother because he keeps, like, messing with his stuff and he keeps getting in the way and ruining things. And that was funny. Those scenes were actually some of the best comedy, I think, early on, was the, the kid kind of, like, sabotaging anything Nick cared about. But I, th- I thought it was going to... You know, maybe, well, I say think of it because I kind of remembered that it didn't. But, you know, like, in a perfect world... I thought that was setting up an arc where by the end, like Nick was going to bond with his little brother. And I, I don't think they ever really kind of like did that. We could talk more in spoilers about what they actually do and, you know, things like that. 
but I don't think any of the characters really have much of a like a story, you know, from the start. Yeah, to the those end. those scenes are mostly setting up um, where our characters are at right now, what the relationship is between them, and uh, gags that will co- come back later on. Um, like we know he likes to play with his brother's guitar, and his brother's like, "Don't touch my guitar." Um, you know, he's trying to hook up with his with the babysitter because he knows her through his job. And, you know, the kid unplugs the phone when he actually has the, 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 the courage to call her. Um, so, I mean, it's not like, it's not really character arcs in that sense, but like, not for nothing. Like, there's, there's a reason that they're there. They're just setting things up so that there's payoff later on. Yeah, but a good but... script would set up gags, but also set up arcs and pay them off over the course of the film. I mean, there's a bit of an arc with uh, with Wayne and his, um, like, where he is with his company um, that happens, and there's an arc between him and his son. That's, but... that's not a character arc, though. That's not someone learning something. That's... Like, we can't really talk about that until spoilers, but I, I wouldn't count that as an arc. I, I would... Like, yeah, they, they pull a little swerve on us with a well, plot Well, maybe beat. you wouldn't, but I think it's an arc. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we can argue about what what, <laughs> what defines as an arc when we get to spoilers, but I, I don't think this movie really has any real arcs, and it feels missing, and is why the movie feels more like just holly, hollow slapstick compared to the first movie, where it did have that. The first movie was a complete package. I, I was kind of shocked how good that first movie was when we did it last year. I was not expecting it to hold up the way it did. This, by example, by comparison, this is much more typical, you know, uh, you know, entertaining at times. I'm not saying it's devoid of any value. I'm not saying it's devoid of any fun moments, but it's it's not a complete package of a movie by any stretch of the imagination. I think for the family film that it is, I think it's yeah, I think it's good enough. I've got to say, I was not expecting that debate about this movie. Mm. About Honey, I blew up the the kid. Maybe this movie is deeper than you realize. Nah, I don't think that's it. <laughs> I don't think that's it. I, I, Maybe you are incapable of analyzing movies to my degree. <laughs> I have a very particular set of skills. <laughs> what to analyze uh, middling Disney sequels from the 90s? Yep. <laughs> okay. Whenever we watch those, then we haven't watched one yet, but... I would be good at that. Well, this is, well, this is the Disney sequel from the 90s. It's not middling. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I, I see what you did there. I see what it's you did there. It's a 10. There. It's not, don't start. No, we're not, <laughs> we're not down that path, okay? <laughs> you didn't even give Rocketman a 10, and I don't think you like this as much as Rocketman. Can I retroactively give it a 10? No. I declare today <laughs> my new score for Rocketman is 10 out of 10. Perfect masterpiece movie. No, that's not the score on record. Now, I've not actually got to that episode in in terms of like getting the scores written down, but it'll be whatever you said on that episode that's going on the record sheet. I also have a uh, retroactive rating for Starship Troopers 3. You can see it on my letterbox. So whenever you get around to that, that's that's a that's a bonus episode we did. Uh, 
it was it was it was worse than middling uh <laughs> i gave it another watch and i've changed my mind about what, what, it what what sort of i talked about it i talked about it already i just i can't let's talk about this movie i'm just what sort of an unhinged weirdo <laughs> rewatch the starship trippers 3 I don't know. Someone who likes sci-fi movies? Unhinged. You're unhinged, I tell <laughs> you. I bought it, so... <gasps> oh, that's, uh... Or was this just a case where the rental and the, the purchase was, like, almost the same price? So you just said, oh, well, I'll just... Probably. Yeah. It had Jolene Blaylock in it from Star Trek. Okay, okay. Uh, Alright, we'll get into the spoilers then for Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. So you have been warned. The movie opens with another animated intro for the, the title sequence, and this is all jokes about uh, a dad trying to look after his big son, uh, which I think most notably ends with the dad putting on a suit of like armor to try and like, deal with his son because he keeps getting like sla- slammed against walls and knocked mm-hmm. over and grabbed and picked up. It doesn't work, though. Still, still, a, still a slapstick punchline. So it reminded me of the first movie and its animated opening and going, oh yeah, it would have been nice if we had gotten like an animated movie <laughs> or like a or an animated series or something. Sure. Because well, these, really, these work really well. There was a live action TV show. Mm-hmm. But I the watched? animation is the one that I liked. That's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I watched a lot of that live action TV show when I was a kid, when I had the Disney Channel. I have not seen a single frame. <laughs> I just remember thinking the mum was hot, and I was like ten, so it was it was definitely an early oh that mum's hot like crush like it was mm. it was early days for that type of crush. But I, I think I was. Did she uh, have some tickle bitties? I think she might have done. It's been a while, but I, th- I think <laughs> Missy Selinski in the show was. I mean, not that Missy Selinski in the movies like like unattractive. She's she's a perfectly fine woman, but. Missy Selinski in the TV show was was making my ten year old brain just just sparkle with excitement of the possibilities of what the the female form had to offer. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but is it as gross as like Nick going to his job at like the water park in this, and there being like a slow motion shot of teenage Carrie Russell in a bikini as like music plays? I don't know. I felt a bit weird about it. I think the older I get, the weirder I feel when as a teenager, like, doing a scene like that, where I'm like, oh, this feels a bit weird. Why, why, why are we doing the slow motion bikini shot? Yeah, I'm, I'm conflicted about it, because I understand why it's there, because when you're a teenage boy, and you... Yeah, yeah. It, like, you, you wouldn't not, like, sexualize um, <laughs> a girl that you have a crush on when you stare at her. Yeah, you know, like age. it makes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it makes sense why it's in movies, but I understand where the director's probably like, I don't know, like um, put her in a really bright pink bikini. Maybe it's a bit too much. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. It didn't like focus on any of her, you know, no. growing lady bits. No, it, it's, it's just this sort of thought that occurs to me when I see moments like this. It's, like, it's one thing when it's like, an actress who's clearly like 20 just pretending to be like 17 but it's another yeah. thing when you know these these teenagers actually do feel like teenagers in this so it's like uh you know uh but um anyway so so the movie uh kicks off with the, the wayne house uh the wayne house the Solinsky house he's wayne Solinsky, which is why i said that uh he's not batman 
<laughs> but he's got a lot of gadgets. He's got uh, uh, quarks uh, running and getting. The... Kind of like, kind of like Bruce Wayne. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we are at Wayne Manor. <laughs> Just suburban Wayne Manor. You know, so they did this whole thing with like the mum saying, "Okay, I'm going to take uh, Amy to college. I want to get her settled in at the dorms, right? And she's going to fly in a plane with her daughter." and then come back after she settled in and if it all felt a little bit weird because amy keeps saying there's no point mom just let me go alone it's whatever right you know it's not gonna be anything for you to do and sure enough the mom ends up coming back like as quickly as humanly possible from this little like trip with her daughter and all i could think was is they just really really wanted to repeat that beat where she comes home and wayne's done something so outrageously like nut job with his kids and he has to tell her. They wanted that yes. moment again, so we just had to write a reason for her to be gone for like a day or two so that we could have her returning and getting the shock of, uh, you know, because and it's a good moment. It plays on the fact that you've seen the first movie where he's like, oh, yeah, there's something I need to tell you. He's like, oh, it can't be that bad, Wayne. I mean, it's like you've done something to the kids again. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh... And then she faints again uh, when she finds out, which, you know. Yeah, because I think in the first movie she was just like at work or something. Yeah, and it was just was that coming morning. home from work. Yeah. This was very much like, oh, we think mom's going to be gone for a few days, but in fact she comes home early, so we get to experience that moment. But I didn't, I didn't think right away like, oh, they want her out so that she can come back and have that. I was thinking like at first, oh, they have to figure this out before mom gets back. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I wasn't thinking that until the scene happened and I went, oh, this is happening so quick. It feels like they just wanted her gone for a little bit so they could do this, like, discovery scene. Yeah. I mean, I have um, friends who have kids who went to college in the last, you know, few, few years. And I I have been, like, they, they have been, like, really involved in the whole process of them going to college, way more than my parents were. So, like, <laughs> it's surprising, but I guess that's what happens when you actually, like, Love your kids. Love your kids. <laughs> <laughs> I love my parents. They're very cold people. <laughs> but I do uh, love them. Yeah. Um, it's funny because, like, you know, I was saying how I was thought they were setting up, like, an arc for, like, Nick and his little brother. Because they do a lot of things at the start where, like, Nick walks in and catches Adam with his guitar. And Adam does do a funny little noise where he's like, uh oh, the sort of like, and it's like, oh, that's kind of cute and funny. Yeah. And like, all these scenes kind of end with Nick chasing after him, like he's going to strangle him. And like, Adam always runs to one of the parents and they step in and, you know, stop him from doing it. But I was like, oh, this is setting up an arc. And the other thing that I thought was setting up more of an arc that it didn't really kind of do anything with was um, Wayne trying to like bond with Nick. He's like, no, oh, we should have some, you know, father son, you know, guys only time. Let's go to a movie. Let's do this and that. Um, I think it was setting me up to think that they were going to like solve more problems together once all the crisis started happening. But once everything went down and got crazy, they kind of split up and they were separate then for like mm -hmm. the rest of the movie. So it never really paid off that either. Nick has to be the one this time to have the uh, teenage love. Yes. Yes. And like, uh, which did happen in the first movie. So it's a little bit of that. Um, but we still got a point where he was almost eaten. We did, yes. Uh, we also get a small moment where they're eating very large bits of food because they're in uh, 
Adam's pocket. Okay. That seems so dangerous, though, because we see anything that was hit with that with the beam expands. So, like, if everything keeps growing, and it, you've eaten some of it, you can oh. explode. <laughs> That's a really good point. Is 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 the, is the stuff in his pocket growing with him? The clothes are, so that would suggest that everything. Yeah, he had like a giant, uh, like M M&M and M or something. Yeah, some chocolate covered Which, candy. Don't get me wrong. Chocolate. The, the the thought of an M&M the size of a birthday cake where you could scoop out the chocolate in it did look quite good. I was like, oh, I, I could eat that. <laughs> like, I could sit with a spoon and get into that. <laughs> sure. That sounds great. The question I was having... It, it always sounds great until you get... There is a threshold you'll cross and be oh, like, that's course. just too much chocolate. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but he hands a raisin to uh, Kerry Russell and like he's like, hey, have that. Because she's on a diet. She doesn't want to eat uh, the chocolate. Uh, well, she probably has a crush on Nick, so she has to say things yeah. like that too. Um, but she, uh, I, all I was thinking was like, okay, from from a, a nutrition standpoint, right? If you enlarge food like this and you eat a little mm-hmm. bit of it, that's that's like a good size for you. It's like a, a meal sized amount of food, but it's a, from an enlarged thing that was grown. When it's when it's bulked up like this, does the nutritional value also multiply with the size? Or is it still technically only the, the calories of the little like snippet of it you ate? Oh relative? my god, that'd be incredible. It'd be like zero <laughs> calorie chocolate. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, kind of, <laughs> but I'm wondering if you wouldn't feel full because technically it's like, uh, like well, there's, the f- there's not enough nutrition in it either. Like you're not getting enough of anything from like the like a lot of it you're eating. Well, the mass alone would have to be quite high because like even things that are not um, like high in calories but are high in like 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 lettuce lettuce Mm. is really low calorie but if you eat a head of lettuce you'll be full sure yeah you know it'd probably be more like that so maybe you would (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i've never tried to eat a full head of lettuce so (laughs) that's it well i've made like salads and stuff and i only used like half the head of lettuce you know because yeah no no it's a good it's a good filler, but I, I think I just I mean, it got me thinking about the nutritional elements of this. Of like, if you, I mean, you you immediately went to the good side of it. Is like if you ate like the bad stuff, are you basically getting nothing like you know no fat or sugar? Because okay, like nothing. yeah, but that sounds what, great. But what about the opposite though? When you want to have like just nutrition for to you know survive, are you are you getting enough like a fiber and protein and all these other things from anything that you could eat if it's been enlarged like that? Yeah, I don't know. Like, That's I imagine true. if somebody did shoot down the giant baby and they're like, this will feed the world, <laughs> 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 that people would probably have, like, just slabs of baby meat. <laughs> I mean, would it be good for the environment if instead of all the cattle we currently have, if we just, like, made, like, a couple of giant cows a year <laughs> and just... <laughs> Well, I mean, I do, uh, if you were going to do that, which I am 100% ethically against, Yes. but if you were to do that, you would have to like uh, feed them. It would probably be more ethical to make them small and have them feed on like one blade of grass a year while they but the, yeah, but then enlarge them. and then you would yeah, okay, it to okay, yeah. a larger size. I like it. I like it. But this yeah. sounds incredibly unethical. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the plan. We, we do a lot of tiny cows that barely need anything to like eat, so they're not even pumping out that much uh, carbon dioxide either. The farting problem almost goes away, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> and it then would be the same amount of, of methane. <laughs> and then you enlarge them and then immediately kill them for their meat. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is the most anti-vegan <laughs> conversation we've ever had on this show. I apologize, but but my mind's getting going here with the, the saving. Yes, it's it still would be wrong to kill a <laughs> sentient animal that doesn't want to die. <laughs> yeah, even if he's 200 feet taller than he should be. Yes, uh, well, at that if it's against his his will, you know, so like it, it's not like the cows volunteer for it or something, you know. Yeah, if we got a suicidal cow, that would be okay, but they, they don't. Or if there was a cow that was like, um, I don't know, that was that just naturally grew to two hundred feet high, <laughs> then that wouldn't be okay. Or like, or you know, that maybe would be okay because you know it just naturally became two hundred feet tall, and it's now crushing cities, and that's killing a lot of people, or and other animals too. So yeah, you would probably have to take it down. Oh yeah, at a certain point it's a safety issue for like the kaiju potential, not because <laughs> it's just about yeah. processing for meat. Um, but if you already had to kill it, you might as well use the meat for some. I suppose. <laughs> it's just, you know, None for me. Like in Pacific Rim, they use all the meat of the kaiju that they shoot down uh, as, as, as delicacy, because why not? It's there. Might as well use it. Might as well. It's a resource, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably tastes like chicken. This went off on a weird, weird tangent, uh, but it's a late Disney movie. That's the thing with these types of movies is that like, there's not as much to like analyze and like, you know, we're not discussing themes in the same way that we would with normal. So we end up going on these weird. It's tangents. more like if you eat that M and M, you could explode <laughs> from a giant M and M growing inside you. <laughs> well, yeah. So sometimes the effects, uh, some of them hold up relatively well. Um, obviously when they're like they've got the kid and it's like being screened like you know, either green screen or rear screen projection, whatever it is in front of the actors. But there are some times when he's like holding his brother and then there's like a, just a quick moment where you can see in the shot of the baby actually holding something that's like a toy. Yeah, just the toy car was a giveaway. Yeah, the toy car, when it's maybe a regular car, but he's picked it up and yeah. There's stuff yeah. like that, uh, that, that that comes out of it. But I still think it's really cool that they did it all with like an actual two-year-old though. Oh, sure. Instead of like... A okay. cartoon. <laughs> today, today it would be CG. You know a lot of them would be CG today. today. Yeah, it's ethically probably better because like kids can't consent to that kind of stuff. But like, we're we're not quite there yet with special effects. So, like, I definitely appreciate the the dogs and animals that are being used are more CG, and they're getting better at it. So, hopefully, it's just the standard eventually. You know, like I get, I get that if you make a baby cry. They're not acting, you've just made a baby cry. But yeah, the scene, especially in the movie, it's just like, what did they do to get him? Because he goes out. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But I, I will say, I don't like, obviously, there's lines you can't cross, but I think for the most part, when someone grows up and they look back at a movie list, A, they won't remember it. And two, no. they'll probably, hey, it's cool that I was in a movie. I don't really care that you made me cry like once when I was a toddler. Um, yeah, but then they, but they could end up like the Olsen twins. I mean, they could. That's obviously, but I feel like that's more because they those parents keep pushing for them to be actors and take more roles and you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. This doesn't. These twins, I don't think, have been on to be actors. I don't think, given the fact that they don't have photos other than this movie. And I <laughs> probably not. I didn't. I didn't check, but yeah, you're probably right. So my my guess is, 
is that this was just a, a thing. But seriously, when the kid says owie and then starts crying, so it's a little bit like, how how'd you get that to happen? Whereas, like, it's super easy to make Stapler. a baby cry. All you have to do is take the baby away from its mother and it'll start crying. Like, it's really easy. <laughs> Stapler. Yeah, I heard you. <laughs> I was making sure the audience heard me. <laughs> the director's just running up and stapling a kid's hand just before the take. All right, cry you little shit. Action! I mean, maybe it was a t- maybe it was something they already had because they were constantly filming this kid, and maybe mm. he accidentally hurt himself and started crying anyway. Oh, you think, too... you think they're following him around like a documentary crew, waiting for him to stub his toe so 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 he'll go. I'm, I'm sure there's some guidance. I don't know, but I imagine two year olds would cry easily. Prop master just hands him a pair of scissors and go, "Hey, go, go run around with those for a minute. <laughs> See what happens." <laughs> Look at this bee. Isn't this bee nice and uh, friendly looking? <laughs> oh dear. Okay, so the the movie, uh, you know, Wayne, uh, they're, they're trying to enlarge things with his ray and it's not working. And he thinks he's got a solution, but John Shea, Lex Luthor, is not listening to him. So he wants to sneak in. After the wife and Amy have went away to college, he takes his two sons with him to do this test. And of course, he tries to use the the, the baby's like bunny rabbit like stuffed you know bear thing, um, and un- unsurprisingly, Adam the kid who's known to like go after things that he wants goes towards it when no one's looking and gets hit by the ray. You know, like I will say this: after two movies, I do think that there's some negligent parenting happening here, right? I think there's a, a strong case to be... It's a bit different maybe in the first movie because they're older and they go up to his lab that they're not supposed to be in and he's not there. But this is him actively doing a test. He's brought his children here and he wasn't looking when his youngest, you know, crawled in and got hit by this thing. There is a case for social services to be involved with this one. Yeah, he's really not OSHA compliant with, like, any of his <laughs> instruments. Um Mm-hmm. And as someone who's also been shrunk many times by Dr. Wayne Stolinski at Disneyland in the oh. Honey, I Shrunk the Audience attraction, that was a a great show. It's like a 3D show that played at Disneyland. Mm. Maybe Disney World too, I don't know. Never been there. But um, yes, I can say that he does not learn his lesson when it comes to that. I wouldn't think so. Uh yeah, uh, which sets things up. And there's a lot of, like, under-nosed dialogue at the start of the movie, like, with the guards, like, saying, oh, you're, you're ba- that baby's getting bigger. Like, he's already looking like he's getting big. Uh, yeah, it's cute. There's a moment where, like, the two neighbors um, are, like, taking photos of their, like, electrified mailbox because they want to report them to the Housing Association. And, like, one of them's like, ah, oh, maybe this, you know, maybe it's just a mailbox. And then the, the other one's like, Kathy. Small things have got a way of becoming big things. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, very good. Very good movie. You're, you're really hitting me over the head with the, the, the foreshadowing here. I thought it was cute. <laughs> uh, so, Wayne, before the, the, the crisis becomes apparent that the kid's starting to get enlarged, um, and it's a fun moment when they first realize you know, the dog runs out of the, the, the kitchen and they're like, why is the dog running away? And they both go uh, in. And I then... also like the moment where he tries to take him out of the car seat and he's 
he's clearly grown at least a little bit mm. <laughs> since he was put in the car seat and he can't lift him out. So he has to remove the whole car seat. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you're growing fast. <laughs> yeah, does he have a lane? Like, oh, we're going to have dinner. Maybe a late dinner for you <laughs> today. <laughs> Maybe some soup. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you know they both run and hide behind the couch, and then like in comes this you know eight foot tall version of the toddler. Uh, but before that happens, when Wayne thought he was going to spend the day with his son, he's like, "Oh, let me, let's get a babysitter, and like we can go hang out, go to the movies, maybe get some food after, and you know the, the baby can stay home." With- he wants to have a chance to bond with his son, who is clearly into girls. Yes, he wants to talk about the birds and the bees. I feel like Nick's already at an age where he's got an idea <laughs> about what the birds and the bees are. Yeah, but you can kind of tell that that Wayne, um, that the mom is kind of pushing him to do it. Like, come on, mm. you're the dad. You got to do this. You're cool. Look, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think she's kind of told him that like he could do this. He's 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 good enough. He he's uh he's dad enough, and it's it's something he's supposed to do. Although he squashes any notions that this was true when Nick asks him in the in the van. Were you ever popular in high school? I was like, yeah, sure I was. I was captain of the debate team or something two years in a row. I think it was the astronomy club. Uh, that's what it was, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was something like that, yeah. Um, and I'm like, hmm, that, that would be a no, Nick. That would be a no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like his mom and stuff was like, oh, like, you're, you're great. You're, you're handsome. You're going to be just like your father. And then he looks at his dad. He's got the weird helmet thing on. <laughs> You know, so. like, oh maybe that's why he's getting to guitar he's like i'm going to be cool i'm going to be a rock musician oh definitely like, trying- no no guy picks up a guitar and says i'm not using this to pick up chicks yes he's, <laughs> he's trying to balance out the weirdness of his family with music and you know credit to him he's trying his best um but it turns out the babysitter that uh, wayne calls is the girl that nick's got a crush on uh mm-hmm. but because he made that arrangement and then oh shit the baby's big we have to try and sneak back into the lab oh no we can't because they've locked me out because they think i'm up to stuff um this babysitter comes sauntering over later on when nick's there with adam alone while the parents are off trying to get his original shrink ray and that's how she gets involved and nick's reaction to her storming in and seeing the giant baby is to tie her to a chair and gag her like a serial killer I mean, maybe he watches a lot of movies. Um, <laughs> doesn't we, have a lot of ideas. Are you going to defend this incel behavior? Really? <laughs> Is that what you're going to do right now? Um, I think it's fine for the movie, <laughs> for the kids' movie. I, 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 I'm, just, I'm joking. I appreciate it. it's a lot more lighthearted. You don't know, take it too seriously. <laughs> um, I do think she's like oddly kind of cool with it but obviously she's screaming the first time he takes the gag out but by the time like the, the baby like, escapes and he comes over to you on tire she's just on board with help trying to help finding him you know like it's like all, all he says is oh we'll pay you overtime as a babysitter for helping me and she's like yeah, yeah man which by the way two fi- love money 250 an hour that feels that feels quite low even by 1992 standards that feels a bit on the low side for babysitter i don't know I, whenever i babysat i only got paid in like quarters so weird. It's a, you're always like doing it for a friend or for like I don't know. Okay, frankly, we tangented way off somewhere, so we're talking about the babysitter stuff, um, and then we obviously have to talk about obviously we, we, we kind of brought up the mum coming home and like finding out that happened before that. But Wayne's plans basically okay, we can't get to the big ray in the lab, but my original one from the last movie is in a box somewhere. 
and their warehouse. So we're going to go steal that. It's easier to break into than a lab, probably. Well, has, has clearance security card still worked? That was lucky, because that would have really put a damper on their, their efforts. <laughs> well, I mean, um, there seems to be some confusion as to who really is in charge of the hiring and firing process. Yeah, John Shea obviously fires him, or gets his clearance revoked and kicks him out and all that, but he keeps saying... Well, actually, there's a bit of a coup at this company, because so not only is that going on, but John Shea is talking to these other executives, and they're saying, hey, the old man, like, I think the board's going to vote him out, so we're thinking you might be the new CEO kind of, like, thing. Um, but then later on, um, when everyone becomes aware that what's the baby's big and he's been storming through the streets as, like, a 15, 20-foot-tall baby. He's not kaiju size, but he's not... He's, he's more, like, just, like, small building size at you this can't, point. You can't hide him anymore. Yeah. Um, when that happens, and everyone sort of knows, and John Sheehan knows... And he calls in the big man, and in comes Lloyd Bridges, and he does the whole thing. He's like, oh, that's Wayne idiot. He did all this, and we should we should get people involved, and blah blah blah. We get the military involved. Let's take this kid down. And the old man's like, "You're a, you're a shithead. You're fired. Um, I'm way more sympathetic with this nice scientist man and his wife. I'm going to help them get their kid back uh, safely." Uh, uh, Maybe I shouldn't have Bob Evil working for my company. <laughs> yeah, I want a better, more you know welcoming and you know ethical company uh mm-hmm. than, than what this guy's trying to try to do this, this guy doesn't even seem to be like money motivated like a lot of other villains he's more just like i just want credit for everything yeah or i want to get this done and Zelensky's slowing us down i mean maybe, maybe like you can sort of read between the lines and just assume that all leads to more money and that's why he wants all that but yeah they never like bring it up they never talk about him you know wanting to buy a yacht or <laughs> like anything like that <laughs> Although he does remind me, his character reminds me of uh, Todd, the neighbor from Christmas Vacation, <laughs> that's married to Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Married he to Elaine, He kind of has yeah. that look and that attitude, you know? They're really sure. yuppie. Yuppie, yeah. Although, yeah. although he had, like, slick back, like, long hair, right, in that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The guy I'm picturing, there's, yeah. a, there's a bit of a slick back going on with this guy. Yeah. Um, he, he, like... I, I like John Shea a lot. I think he's really good at playing this type of role, and he he serves his role here uh, perfectly well. Um, what is kind of weird though is because he's like fired like halfway through the movie. Um, he's kind of this weird non-threat for the rest of it. Obviously, he does get involved again, where he like like with the other executives that want him t- to be in charge. They get some private military group to like help him with a helicopter, and he takes this big trank gun to try and shoot down the baby. And that's like a, a little threat later on. But it never really feels like he's, like, I think up until that point where he's fired, he feels that they're setting him up to be this constant, like, oh, they're going to be chasing him to get to the baby. They're going to be, like, he's going to be this constant thorn in their sides. And he kind of just, like, disappears. He comes back in to be one threat at one moment, and that's kind of it, you know? Well, I think the the line from the other military guy, the pilot, who's like, at first he's like, yeah, whatever we got to do to get, to, you know, take this baby down. And then he's like, oh, you're going to shoot him with a gun? Like, I, I don't know, man. I got kids. Like, that doesn't seem like a good idea. That seems wrong. You know, so there's a little bit of that. Like, the, the guy doesn't see the the human aspect, that that it is a baby. He just sees it as, like, a, something he's got he's going to save the city, you know, <laughs> by taking out the baby. But if you tranquilize the baby, like, he's, he's going to fall and, like, crush things and buildings and people. Yeah, which- and- 
when this is pointed out to John Shea, he just kind of shrugs and goes, ah, let's hope not. <laughs> like, no precautions, <laughs> let's just hope he doesn't. <laughs> also, he has no idea, like, what that what that effect is going to have on the kid anyway. Like, if he shoots him. Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> like, how do you know what the dosage... I mean, I guess you just multiply what would take out an actual toddler, but, like... How do, you, how do you know if this is a safe amount? What, what if you're overcompensating and you just kill him because you've pumped him yeah. full of this like elephant? Yeah, like, what exactly? So maybe maybe you're right in the beginning of the conversation where you said like probably what if it is like the same amount of blood cells, but now ah. you've shot him full of uh, ah. tranquilizer meant for like sixteen dozen uh, elephants because he's a giant kaiju, and you just instantly kill him. I guess that's the he thing. overdoses. Like when when they get enlarged, see, it was easier when they were shrunk because you could you could have this argument and say it's the same amount of atoms that are just being compressed, so it's still mm-hmm. all, like all the same amount of actual like you know stuff matter that their body's made up of. But when you're enlarging, you're saying, well, is it the same amount of matter that's been stretched out? Because in theory, that should have an effect on like his density and like. Uh, well, when they're small, also, like, because if it's the same amount, then they should, in theory, weigh the same, even though they're tiny. Oh, true, true, yeah, which which they obviously don't do in the first... So, clearly this ray, just to go with the logic of the, the physics of everything that's going on between both the first and the second movie, it must be literally, like, removing the amount of matter and then adding the amount of matter when they're being enlarged to just justify mm. why everything's still functioning exactly the same. Uh... I don't know. We should we should get some scientists on this. Oh yeah, because that's what I genuinely. I need heart- a I need an expert <laughs> to talk <laughs> to talk about this on YouTube. I need their breakdown. GQ, get on it. That's left to uh, people that aren't me. I couldn't bring myself. Particle to... physicist breaks down honey, I blew up the kid. <laughs> I feel like you have to have your particle physicist and also maybe like a biologist. Like you have to like have a, a mix of scientists, you know, break it down. Because <laughs> yeah, there's, there's that series on YouTube, which is uh, VFX artists react to like CGI and uh-huh. movies. They, they need to do that with like, like you've got a, a physicist, a chemist, and a biologist, and like they, they react to science and movies. I, I love those. I, my favorite are the historians. I love the historians uh-huh. reacting to historical movies, and you're just like, this is where I get my history from. So like, let's see how good it is. There's a <laughs> there's a lawyer one as well where the lawyer will watch like you know law scenes and then be like, okay, this is why this is all nonsense. <laughs> like this is this is that this never works yeah. that way. I know one of them did uh, Measure of a Man. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. At least in that case, though, it's the future and Star Trek has new laws, so you're like, ah, well, you, you can't really critique this because things have changed. This is the Federation, okay? <laughs> yeah, they definitely still critique it too much for my liking. Uh, filth, how dare they critique Star Trek? <laughs> Agreed. Filth. Um, so, I mean, I think for, for me, the movie, like, it, it kind of, in a way, picks up once we get to kaiju size because then it's like that last 25 minutes whatever it <laughs> you is. see him stopping on the road to the glowing lights of the strip yeah. of las vegas and that's a good scene and he's getting closer and i think what i liked about this is that it became a series of them like okay what can we try and do to deal with this and even though they've got the rain like, this will probably work but because he's so big he has to be still for x number of seconds and that's quite tough mm-hmm. with a two-year-old so they go through all these different ideas that have all been set up to be fair like you know Credit where credit's due, they do set up all these different ideas. One is like, okay, we'll use his giant bunny, and there's that funny shot of the helicopters bringing in 
the giant bunny <laughs> rabbit. Bring in the bunny. Yeah. Um, and when... Rick Moran is standing on top of it with a <laughs> megaphone. And a helmet. Safety first, kids. Safety first. <laughs> and of course, during all this time, uh, like when, when he became kaiju-sized, he actually picked up his brother and the babysitter and put them in his pocket. So there's a lot of this movie where they're just kind of in his pocket, just sort of commenting yeah. on events and maybe being in peril a little bit here or there. Yeah, it is It is a bit funny because they were initially just um, in his pocket, right? And then like the, he just the kid just picked them up and put them in his pocket and then they escape and get into this car, which the kid thinks is a toy car and picks up and puts right back in the same <laughs> yeah. pocket. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's a lot of bits here where he... Like, he gets to the, the Hard Rock Cafe and picks up the big neon guitar and tries to play it. Um, mm-hmm. He tries to talk to the cowboy that's the big neon sign. All, all those, like, bits you could do in Vegas. Um, uh, I can't remember what the celebrity was because I'd never heard of the guy, but there's this couple... Oh, Wayne Newton. Yeah, there you go, Wayne Newton, that was it. This couple walk out of a casino and are like, why are the police cordoning off all the streets? Is Wayne Newton back in Vegas? Like, nah, it must be someone bigger. They've never done that for Wayne Newton. He's like, honey, there's no one bigger the Wayne Newton, and then walks in the kaiju baby. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, I, I only know Wayne Newton because of uh, Vegas Vacation. Oh, Wayne I've not Newton seen that is one. A big, is a big character in that one. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Which which came after this movie, I think, right? I could he be, must no, have been maybe. big at the time. I mean, I, I went to, the first time I went to Vegas, I was a, a kid and I had to stay in the hotel anyway. So I don't remember Wayne Newton being a thing. Like there was, a, he he seemed like a lesser Tom Jones, if I remember cor- correctly. Okay, okay. Everybody was talking about um, Siegfried and Roy at the time. They, they were the big Vegas act. Do, do Americans typically know who Tom Jones is? Is that a name in Vegas, uh, in New York? Or New York, America is what I'm trying to say. I, I just keep naming <laughs> American places <laughs> like Vegas, New York, San Francisco. <laughs> You're just an, an alien who's learned everything from movies. Uh, America, New York, right? <laughs> oh, well. Um, yeah, I think so. It's not unusual, right? That's. <laughs> it's not Tom unusual Jones. for an American to have heard of Tom Cruise. Is that what you're trying to say? Tom. <laughs> Tom Jones. Damn it. Why Tom am I saying everything yes. wrong today? <laughs> I don't know. I t- you got look, whatever look, I had. Look, that was a good joke, right? You saying it's not unusual, and I said, yeah, it's not unusual for an American to have heard of Tom Jones. That's a good joke. I, I flubbed it. Oh, I thought my part was on, was the, the yeah. joke. That's okay. Uh, yours was fine, but I thought my joke was good. But, you know, uh, ultimately, I did flub it. But, yes. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. Yes, that's Tom Jones. Uh, also, he did watch New Pussycat, or at least he did a version of it. I don't know if it was originally his, but... Are you saying this because he's big in the UK? Yes. No. Tom Jones is very big in the UK. Okay. Isn't he Welsh? I have no idea. I thought he was American. Well, fact-checking, you know, at time it is. Tom Jones, baby! Where, who, where's he from? He sings like an American... Lots of British people sound like an American because they don't want to sound regional. <laughs> uh, okay, hold on, hold on. Where the hell is this place? It is Wales. I should have known it was Wales because I couldn't pronounce it. <laughs> he's... It's just a bunch of consonants. <laughs> nah, to be fair, this one's pronounced, so I just never heard of it. It's, he's from Triforest. 
uh, which is in Wales. I knew he was Welsh. Okay. When I mean, you said, like, is he big, like, why, why, why is, is he big in the UK? I'm like, yeah, he's from the UK. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I genuinely did not know that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's I've from... only heard him saying, and he sings like an American. He's from, he's from uh, <laughs> uh, the funny land of Wales. No, no offense to the Welsh, but it's a funny Sounds land. Sounds like you're <laughs> Well, we've learned something today, haven't we? That these movies make a tangent way yes. too much. <laughs> We've learned that Tom Jones, I almost said Cruz again, is from Wales. Tom Got Cruise, that Mission Impossible on the brain, huh? Tom Cruise is definitely not from Wales. Uh, although it would be funny to think of that entire franchise with a Welsh accent in the lead role. He's <laughs> <laughs> part of the American Special Forces. And... Yes. Spy. Not that that's hey, like that stopped on putting Arnold or like Dolph Lundgren in roles like that. We'll no just, one would ever suspect. We'll just pretend that that's an accent that sounds right and just go with it. We all know what he sounds like because of the uh, the uh, Sergeant Candy deleted scene from <laughs> Terminator Three. That's actually Arnold's role. Ha! Oh sure, I'm sure. Sergeant Candy. Oh, there's a whole actually we forgot to mention there's like a running gag for a little bit like, earlier on in the movie, where John Shea's got some lab technicians try to figure out what Wayne did when he was there, and they've got, like, a blurry photo of whatever was, like, beamed with the ray, and it's, like, because it's, like, the bear that the kid was holding right in front of him, it looks like it's something with three eyes, and they, they, they come, we come back to them a few times, but they're kind of like, oh, I think it's this, oh, we've done, like, an analysis, and there's, like, a metal wireframe there, but there's also flesh there, and they're, like, basically debating what it could be, <laughs> And then John Do you make a three-eyed bionic monster? <laughs> and John Shea walks in, hits a couple of buttons, and goes, it's a baby holding a stuffed, a stuffed animal. <laughs> and he just walks away. It's funny. It's, it's, it's a, like, I wasn't really enjoying the build-up to it, but, cause it, but when the punchline came of him just figuring it out in like two seconds and walking away and saying get back to work, I actually thought that was all funny. <laughs> you guys forgot to hit the enhance button. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like they had AI trying to figure it out. It's just like a, like, uh, the three eyes like didn't even look like the actual picture. <laughs> I know. It's, and it's even a little bit funnier when you think about the fact that John Shea keeps saying to Wayne that no, no, you don't have to get involved. We've got the best scientific minds in the country working on this. And I'm like, this is the best scientific minds. Is these two idiots? Well, I I can see that. Like, uh, look, I'm not saying my dad is like. A scientific genius and <laughs> the best of the best but i did go to him like he is like you know a bit of a scientist and i did go to him when i was young and i was like can you help me with my algebra and he kept trying to use calculus <laughs> to teach me he's like well in calculus because it's the last thing that he learned so you know maybe it's something similar maybe it's just like it has to be something way more complex when it's actually something a lot easier <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I ever did calculus. If we did do calculus, it was never called that because they never used that word. So I probably know. didn't take it then. No, probably not. I mean, even algebra though. Like we definitely did algebra, but I don't think the word algebra ever really got art. Like you know, it was just it was just in math class and we we did it. But you know, it was never. I mean, usually it's either algebra, trigonometry, or geometry. Those are like the three ones that you do before yeah, yeah. calculus. Algebra and trigonometry, we definitely did a lot of. I remember that. We're tangenting again, so I'm going to stop this right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I've finished this movie already. <laughs> yeah, so 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 the big you know conclusion. So they, they also try a plan where they get Ron Canada, who's like with the U.S. Marshals. Yeah, he's a nice Ron enough. Canada. He's a nice enough man too, and he is going to drive an ice cream truck with with a super amplified the music of the truck to attract the kid, and they're hoping that he'll like. Yeah. I'm not sure what their plan is to make him stay still when they get him away, but they're trying to. I think they're trying to lure him out of the city, at least, right? Because yeah. it's the lights of, of Vegas that obviously the kid's attracted to, but it's also the danger if he gets all that electromagnetic whatever. He'll, oh, yeah. he'll grow again. We never, we never even said this, but yes, electricity is what keeps making him grow. So the first time it's a microwave, the second time it's a TV, and then it's like power lines, and then the worry is, is that all... Honestly, though... I feel like they were playing fast and loose with how close he has it's to be. It's very inconsistent. Yeah, yeah, because the first few times it feels like he's only just kind of close, whereas at the end it's like he is he is way closer to these neon lights than he was to any of these other things, especially mm-hmm. relative to how big he is. So he should he should be like 200 foot tall. I, honestly, though, like I almost wish they verbalize one of the biggest like threats to this. It's not just that he could start stepping on people and things. It's that... He could literally grow so tall that his head, it might stick out the top of the atmosphere if he keeps growing. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And then the die. The baby will just suffocate to death. Yeah. <laughs> or freeze to death to get, get frosted on And them. then he'll fall down, probably kill a lot of people, and then it'll be like a celestial like body, just like, you know, it takes up like a yeah. quarter of a country, just like lying there. <laughs> Change the mass of the actual planet yeah, while it yeah. decomposes. <laughs> but feeds the world. Yeah, maybe they could. You know, they could do a few things to help the Earth out here. I mean, like when he's when he's that size, you know, give him like a big scoop and have him just throw some water in his space. You know, just to lower the sea level a little bit. <laughs> like you know, he's big enough for it. Lower <laughs> the sea level, <laughs> or uh, give him the nukes and say it's darts. Just throw, <laughs> throw him at the sun. I think your sounds a bit more dangerous than mine. <laughs> Just a bit. He could be baby Superman. What worst case scenario if he if he throws the They'll water? Just say owie, and then mm. you know. Yeah, but the worst case scenario with the water is is that he throws it at a bad angle, and it just kind of rains really bad somewhere when it all falls in some like a, like I say, with a nuke. If he you know flubs it, <laughs> you know, It'd be more like a tidal wave than it would be rain, probably. I mean, yeah, probably, but don't deconstruct my good joke. <laughs> Not having it. Anyway, the the solution to the whole thing is that the only way to get him to stay still is to have his mother, but obviously his mother is tiny relative, so it doesn't work. So she just looks at Wayne and says, use your ray on me. Make me big. And would you believe it, her being big solves the problem, and she holds her son... They beam them back down to size. Simple as that. She does, though. She she actually stops. John Shea, like, tries to trank the kid in the helicopter. The first one, the pilot actually nudges the, the helicopter intentionally, so he, he misses. The second one, he hits the guitar, and then just as he's about to shoot it the third time, that's when Kaiju Mummy, like, grabs the helicopter and is like, you know. She says, back off, and I'm like, if in the R-rated cut, it would be an F-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> There's, well, there's, 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 no, you may not shoot my child, my well, baby. Well, probably my favorite running gag in the movie, actually, is that when she does find out what Wayne's done and she she faints, as she's waking up, she's sort of just like dreaming and going like, I'm going to kill Wayne. 
I'm going to kill. And, and Wayne's like, you're not going to kill Wayne. Please don't kill Wayne. You're not going to kill Wayne. And sure enough, when she wakes up and is reminded what's happened because she's holding the giant bunny, she just starts strangling him. So when Nick walks back in the room, she's literally on top of Wayne just strangling him. Um, and then it kind of... Nice couple. It pays off at the end because she goes, she punches out uh, John Shea for trying to shoot her kid. Because he's like, oh, it was just a tranquilizer. It wouldn't have hurt him. It's like, oh, just a tranquilizer. And then, you know, punches him. I will say, it's weird to compare it to this, but this, of all things, made me think of Die Hard. Because at the end of Die Hard, uh, Holly punches, you know, the reporter dude who's an asshole. Mm-hmm. And it, it gave me that vibe. It gave, Like this, he's not expecting it because it's the wife and she just knocks him out. That's what it made me think of. Yeah, no, I enjoyed the moment actually. I thought it was a good payoff. Good, good. It was a good laugh, also. And for frankly, he deserves it for oh, more yeah. than one reason. So, <laughs> oh, he's been racking up like you know, bad karma. All smug, all smug points, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, and then the teenagers, the whole bit where they're in the car and like they're almost going to die, then the baby sits the car on like, a neon sign and they fall out, they're almost going to fall to their death. The car falls, the kid catches it, and puts it in his pocket, and it's a whole thing. It's a good PSA about seatbelts, too, because for some reason, Carrie Russell wasn't wearing her seatbelt and almost fell out. Yeah, given, <laughs> fell the, to her death. given the car is, like, not on a road, especially, it feels like a good time for the seatbelt. Maybe just, you know, a wild, yeah. <laughs> wild idea on my part. But, Maybe she thought, we should escape, because <laughs> we're not getting out of this car via uh, baby. And the little sort of joke ending with them is that Wayne realizes that because they've shrunk down the kid, um, that everything on him also shrunk down. Meaning, so they have that fun moment at the end where he's like, "No one move," because he thinks the kids might be on the ground because uh, mm-hmm. the, the the baby's pockets got a hole in it. Um, it's all okay though. They basically play it off as a little joke ending where him and Carrie Russell are getting close. He's putting his arm around her. It's getting romantic, and he sees his dad looking through the magnifying glass behind him, and he's like. No, oh, give it show away. Give me a minute. <laughs> like, go away. Like, yeah. And Wayne's like, okay, we'll give them a few minutes. <laughs> they can have it's, their. It's it's cute. It's like a full circle thing of like he wanted to teach his son about you know the birds and the bees. Oh, and, uh, uh. You know, so this is a moment where he accepts my son has this. Uh huh. I, I I do think <laughs> the movie sets up a lot of things, or it felt like it was setting up a lot of possible things that it didn't really pay off as much as I I thought they would. Mm-hmm. Um. And there's probably more ideas you could have with even just, like, the seven-foot baby running around, never mind, like, you know, like, the the medium-sized one, like, it's above that, like, we sort of glossed over this scene, like, the one of the nosy neighbours is doing, like, a magic show for, like, her kid's birthday party, and the kids all think <laughs> it's shit, but then giant baby comes, like, coming over the He's probably, the like, 15 feet at this Something like that, point. yeah. 15, maybe 20, something in that range. Uh, and he comes over the wall, and they all go, "Ooh, there's the bunny!" Because he's holding the bunny uh, in his hand. Uh, and of course, she turns around and screams and falls in the pool, and it's all hijinks. So she <clears throat> she holds birthday parties at her place for kids, where she does magic. I assumed that one of them was her kid, and that's why it was at her place. But I mean, I, I'm, I, I this is conjecture here. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I didn't Strange get it. neighbors. I did not get that she was a professional uh, magician. This to me felt like an amateur who's doing it because it's her kid and she thinks she can do it, but she's shit at it. Mm. That's that's what it felt okay. like to me. All right, all right. Because I'll, I'll buy that. They were not impressed by any of her antics. No. 
No, not until the giant baby came over the wall and gave them some shock, <laughs> shock and awe. There's the bunny. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. Do you know, we did all the Transformers movies recently. That, that That's the crossover we needed here. We needed Optimus Prime to come in to try and talk the kid down <laughs> when he's the same size as him. Yeah, the kid's not old enough for, for Transformers yet. Like, he might, maybe he likes trucks. Adam, you must stop this. You're going to kill thousands of people. <laughs> you lost it. You're going to have to watch those movies again. <laughs> oh, sorry. To be fair, it's harder to say a weird sentence that Optimus never said any version of, okay? <laughs> <laughs> He's not saying I am Optimus Prime. Yeah. This giant baby is too much for us to handle, Autobots. <laughs> <laughs> Sam with Wiki. <laughs> Speaking of giant babies. <laughs> uh. I got the lols. I got funnies. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that this was a vehicle to tangent more than anything else, to be honest. That, yeah, sorry about that, guys. I don't know. Well, uh, I think... Like, you can kind of take that, though, as a, like, a, like, how much is there to kind of really discuss with a movie like this? Arguably not a lot, so probably expect some tangents in the third movie as well. Although, I suspect we may have more to say about the third movie just because they're, they're back to being small and there's more, like, set-piece moments. And there are set-piece moments in this, but they're, they're, they are very different because it's more about trying to hide them, and then it's more like, it's kind of like a kaiju, but it's... Not one who's trying to cause chaos, but it's the joke being is that a two-year-old, if they were big, would probably do a lot of chaos because they do enough chaos as it is when they're small. I mean, when he's mm-hmm. seven foot tall, he, like, breaks the, the clock, you know, and the, the mum's, like, really upset about the that. The clock. Yeah. yeah. She's like, oh, that's an antique, damn it. That, that was that was our thing. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, maybe something else they could have played with is at the start of the movie, they keep saying that Adam gets out of his playpen a lot. Because Wayne's built him this fancy, like, multi-tiered playpen that's got, like, plexiglass, and... <laughs> it's kind of a... Honestly... He's a, he's a little mini escape artist, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of... It is very prison-like, honestly. I, I get it as a toddler, and you need to keep them to But confined. all playpens are. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but th- because this one's so high-tech and, like, multi-site... Better get used to these bars, kid. Ah, there you go. <laughs> that's a tease for the future Back to the Future review. <laughs> it's cursed. Not cursed. We're definitely... Tara, there's no way we're not doing Back to the Future. That three hour and a half episode Cursed. is going to happen at some point, and you know it. Ew. <laughs> Can it be a two-parter? <laughs> You're right, that's not enough time, four hours. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so... No, I... Like, I don't want to be too harsh on it, because I think it's perfectly watchable for what it is. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's missing a lot of the smarter writing and wit and, and genuine... Like, you know, the fact that in the first movie, not only did we talk about all the little smart things it was doing that was making it funnier, that was making it more charming, that was giving the characters all these little arcs that we that I think enhanced everything that was happening, but it, even just at the start, it was like, hey, Stuart Gordon like was had a hand in writing this, and you could feel that creativity. I feel like here, everything that happens is a bit more surface level, where I'm like, okay, th- 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 okay what would happen if this situation arose? And they kind of like do... I don't know, more broad things to me than the first movie did. So I do, I do think there's a step down in, in just the, the concepts and writing quality, if nothing else. I still kind of wish that we got that Stuart Gordon, Brian Usta directed. I need to show the kids. Of Obviously, the one we have is great, but like having like a Herbert West, Wayne Silenski would be great. 
<laughs> you can see the the connection between the two. Maybe they should just do it. I mean, I mean, I don't see any reason why the Wayne Zelensky character could be like much older. You could have Jeffrey Combs do it now. Just, 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 just definitely. Just do it now in twenty twenty. I shrunk the grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you know what? I hate how perfect that is for a, like a, a nostalgia sequel. Because you to know this. it's coming. <laughs> yeah, that is the perfect title for for like if they can somehow talk Rick Moranis back. Rick, Rick Moranis is probably into it, right? I don't know. He kind of quit acting just to like be with his family and stuff. A long yeah, time but ago, they're grown up. They're grown up now. He's been doing voice acting the whole That's time. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did come back. I feel like he has come back for something. He came back for one thing. It was very notable they got him because he had not appeared on screen in decades. Isn't it like a commercial for uh, for the Mint Mobile for the I Ryan Reynolds commercial? I don't know, but it was a big deal because he was literally off the grid as far as like yeah. visual performances were. Because he he just quit outright in what the nineties, and that was that was it. Like he was gone. Well, he, I'm pretty sure it was because his wife was real sick and then died, leaving him a single dad, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I said yeah. to be with his family. That, <laughs> I think that tracks with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what they should do, actually? They should do... Not, not that I like this show, but yeah, you've got Honey, I Met, How I Met Your Mother. They should do a, a crossover with that says, Honey, I Shrank Your Mother. <laughs> no? How I shrank the children? <laughs> How I shrank your mother? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know what? It's not a good movie, but it's very it's a good movie. It's, it's watchable enough. It's silly enough. I think if you have nostalgia for it, you'll get through the ninety minutes in in no time. There's definitely worse being made these days, uh, but that doesn't make it good. And it's certainly a huge step down from the first movie, which is surprisingly solid in how much it's held up so with that said tara would you like to rate honey i blew up the kid out of 10 i think it is a good movie i don't think it's a great movie i think the first one is great i think this one is a new idea with with the same characters and i thought it was still super fun to watch so i'm gonna give it a 6.5 okay What's that? Oh, wait. Uh, it's a 10. <laughs> 6.5. Now you've just said it now. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a little high. It's not super outrageous, though. I, I was worried you were going to... 10? <laughs> well, I wasn't that worried about that. Uh, even though you keep threatening me with it. Um, <laughs> honey, I gave this movie a 10. Uh, you, can, you can literally fit that title into any statement. It's great. <laughs> Um, I will say, I don't know. I think I will go with 5.5. I think it's just over that middle line in that it's watchable enough. It's got a couple of fun moments, but it's much, it's a much more shallow hollow experience than the first movie. It's more goofy. The comedy is a bit more broad and, you know, I've said all the things that it doesn't have that the first movie did. And that's not about. Like, because I actually appreciate that it is different. I think it's actually one of its strengths. But sadly, I don't think they're as smart at like exploring these ideas as the writers in the first movie were exploring those ideas. Uh, so I do think it's weaker. But it's not weaker because it's different. It's weaker because it's not as, uh, you know, good, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Which is a really asinine statement. But I think you know what I mean, given what I just said. Anyway, that is uh, 
that is uh honey i blew up the kid uh and there was at least one bonus bit that'll be on patreon that i cut out because it went on too long uh so look forward to that why are you rolling your eyes at me check out peter's uh soda tier list <laughs> it was your idea you said what's your soda tier list you literally said that to me <laughs> it was a joke <laughs> you can't just put that idea you can't incept me with that and then expect me to not do it <laughs> i was joking about the tangent <laughs> anywho Honey, I extended fine, tangent. Anyway. Fine fine sequel. Um, looking forward to the next movie, which will be... Oh, I, I thought you were going to wrap up again. I was like, you're doing your rating already, Tara. Why are you, why, why are you outroing again? I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get this, this outro going. Okay, okay, yes. Uh, <laughs> next time, I believe we are looking at... I don't have it ready, if I'm honest, but <laughs> it's, it's a number two. It's, so. another, it's another sequel. It is definitely another sequel. Um, I can tell you with all certainty. It is a number two. Number two. Is this your your t- your your thinker? <laughs> it's Future World. Okay, we're doing Future World. Oh, okay. The sequel to Westworld. We're so. doing that one. The poster I have. Yeah, la la la. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're doing Future World. Uh, look forward to I don't know that. why it's pretentious that I have a poster from Future World. <laughs> it's, it's so hipster that it's become snobby. It's not a hipster. I genuinely love sci-fi movies and, and like retrofuturism art. It's like my thing. It's not hipster. <laughs> it's whatever dude <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to rail tire up which is which is working apparently. it's an awesome poster alright you guys only see the bottom of it but the top part it's like yeah, it's kind of all... like the obviously, obviously <laughs> like the first one for Westworld but like it's just a face yeah we literally just see a grey box with text on it <laughs> that bottom part of the poster yeah uh, but the, the top part's cool yeah um yeah, so we got Future World coming up. Of course, you can get access to bonus episodes every month on patreon.com slash TV at any tier. You get access to the monthly bonus episode where you just hit 50 of those, so there's a whole back catalogue to explore. Also, at the $5 tier and up, you get access to the Ace Meltdown, which is just me and Tara catching up with whatever we've been watching um, or even playing. Uh, in some cases, talk about movies, uh, sometimes video games, maybe even a TV show if it, if it fits. Uh, we also do a sci-fi movie quiz for each other at the start of that. So it's kind of a, just a general catch-up pop culture. What have we been, you know, watching and stuff. So um, if that sounds like a fun time, and that's kind of built for tangents, that show. So uh, if you like that sort of thing, then go uh, check out that. And of course, the yep. other shows have bonuses as well. The Collector's Cut and Screams After Midnight have their own bonuses, so... There's plenty to get on Patreon. Curated by me. One of the shows is curated by Tara. Tara... I am executive producer, but I don't give money, so I, I don't get the credit. <laughs> but I, it really should be, like, I, sh- I really should, because I curate all the, ma- all the material. <laughs> for one show, for, for Collector's Cut Extra Reels, Tara picks all the terrible movies that me and David talk about. Yes. So. Well, I mean, you say terrible, but... <laughs> 
we've done we've done about six of those but we've recorded more but i think there's six that are out something like that so but you guys like them you definitely like talking about them i mean that's fair they're, they're definitely crazy and have a lot to talk about it's it's not like honey i blew up the kid where it's so simple and kind of bland in places where we end up tangenting. Like, there's a lot to dissect and madness to try and unravel in some of these movies. Yeah. Like, what were the decisions that went into moments? The Paradise Motel. <laughs> that oh, I'm a... saying another one is that. Oh, yeah. That's not out for too much shit. <laughs> You're spoiling things. Stop it. <laughs> Free on Tubi. You guys should check it out. No, 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 no. You'll regret that. Okay, this we is... need a Paradise Motel too. Damn it! This has been Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Thank you very much for joining us. This has been one of the most tangenty episodes we've done in a while. So apologies yeah. if you hate that. It's uh, like season one. Congratulations if you if you love that. <laughs> but either way, um, I'm sure we'll have some thoughts on Future World next time. So, uh, join us for that. Um, but this has been episode two o two, I think. So. Cool. Thank you for watching. Keep watching Science Fiction, Honey, add Salsa. <laughs>